Hi, my name is Ben Atkinson and welcome to the Functional Health Podcast. I interview some of the leading voices in nutrition and lifestyle medicine and I will share with you their stories, their expertise and their advice, shedding light on the industry from each of their perspectives to help improve your health from today. This week, I'm delighted to share with you my conversation with the Mac Twins. Lisa and Alana Mack are the founders of the company, The Gut Stuff, helping to bring cutting edge scientific information with regards to gut health to the masses. Today, we discuss practical tips for good gut health and how to optimize well-being whilst living the modern day hectic lifestyle. So without further ado, Lisa, Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You're so very welcome. Well, I introduced you just a little bit before, mm-hmm. um, but to start off, can you tell us why you got interested in gut, gut health in the first place? Because yeah. you're two DJs, right? Yeah. It seems it to be very unusual. It was a random journey. Uh, yeah, so we volunteered for Twin Research, which is the research facility at King's under Tim Spector, who you may know. And he asked us one day if we wanted to have our guts analysed, so the American Gut Project was just kicking off. Um, our first question was, what's your gut? and then we were like and secondly what do we have to do and he was like you have to send your poo off in the post every day for two months like fine you've got to have a couple of colonoscopies fine Uh, and we're going to put you on fairly strict diets and I was like we were like okay great Um, yeah so then that two months later we went through so actually on hindsight fairly rigorous tests Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah they found out that we only had within that window about 30 to 40% the same microbiome and yeah, our gut health journey kind of started from there because we were speaking to a lot of different scientists. Obviously, Tim was the main one, but we realised actually there was loads of scientists talking about that. So we did a little YouTube series interviewing a lot of them and six episodes turned into 36 episodes. Yeah, I saw them. And mm-hmm. we, yeah, and then that sort of piqued our interest from a personal perspective, but also genuinely it just died because we were like, we wish we could tell our pals this stuff. Um, and that's the old, that's the main reason we started it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, how does no one know this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's this ecosystem living in around the us, and we all know nothing about it. It's mad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's we just, just became... a while ago, like yeah, four years ago or four, something, maybe. Yeah, so four years ago. So we just became super passionate from there, really. Incredible. It seems pretty weird, like, how you got in t- interested, like, in the science in the first place. Because yeah. a lot of people would be like, why would I go on a restrictive diet, some are put off in the post? What interests you in that element of it? Well, we, um, obviously, were in the entertainment industry being DJs. And I was meant to do law and business at uni, and Lisa was meant to do medicine. Changed my UCAS format Yeah, and we bo- I went to dance school, and Lisa went to drama school, so you can imagine our mum and dad's faces. Wow. But, yeah, um, as we were going through all this research, it sort of was, like, scratching that itch of I don't know like analysis and conclusions and and the the problem or one of the main things about the entertainment industry is it's so such down to other people and it's luck and it's you know sort of airy-fairy and this was like something that we really liked because it was so linear um and we just were genuinely interested from a narcissistic point of view but also like just (laughs) physiologically what is different between us because people compare us all the time obviously and it's mostly in an aesthetic way Mm -hmm. um and actually it was interesting to see why our bodies behave so differently so for example i was always a stone heavier even when they put us on the same diets and so we it was quite interesting we always used to do that like 
go on, I'll go on the Duke and diet, and you do the cabbage soup diet, and we'll see. It wasn't even a weight loss thing. It was like, let's just see how we feel. Um, and we used to do that all the time. I mean, such nonsense, those sort of diets. experiments. You'd yeah, literally, like, cabbage soup <laughs> diet, we did in 2005 before Magaluf. Um, <laughs> and then we went to Magaluf and drank 14 litres of vodka. Just absolutely, yeah. the, probably the worst thing you could do for your body over a course of a month. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, and I think it was a bit as well from, like, a fire in our belly as we come from uh working class Scottish background um we're dying diet ain't a priority <laughs> and we were growing up on Greg's softies and yum yums and deep fried pizza and chips and our dad died of a heart attack in his 50s um and people were learning what to eat through Instagram and having really restrictive diets because that worked for one person on Instagram yeah and it was kind of a perfect storm of all those things, to be honest. Um, and we were like, as well, if we can't be sold the same diet, then nobody can. Mm-hmm. So this idea of personalised nutrition, and also just the word diet. As soon as we all, as a as a culture, we all think diet and we think restriction and doing it three weeks before you go on holiday. And yeah. actually, as we were going through research, we were like, diet doesn't mean that. It just means what are you putting in your body? Um, and seeing it more as like a sustainable lifestyle rather than two weeks or three weeks before you go on holiday. And yeah, yeah we just kind of felt there was a space for a brand or a business or a person um, or some people. Um, or to two blonde identical <laughs> To talk about it in an efficacious way, but yeah. also in a way that was quite pop culture, um, which I think is hopefully we've created well, but also the kind of science evidence-based thing on Instagram gets a bit elitist for a while when... Mm. 90%, 99% of the population don't know what a systematic review or a randomised control trial is. And you exclude a lot of people when you start to talk about that. And I completely understand we have a lot of scientists that work with us and for us. And I completely understand that it has to come from that way. But we also have to educate the public. And there are some lifestyle things as well that you can try that have no contraindications. And that. You know, that's obviously getting a bit deep into it, but I think there was that as well, as it very much was seen as like a middle-class elitist thing. Like, if you're a kombucha, woohoo, the microbiome, yay! Um, <laughs> and as well, I think people don't me. people don't want to be patronised or preached to. Do you know what I mean? They just want the facts, and that was something that was really important to us, I think, on how we conveyed the information, and how we got passionate about it. People weren't p- preaching to us, like, you must do this, you must do that. We just were on this journey and became passionate about it. Yeah. Um, no one was sort of beating us with a stick saying you've got to eat this and you've got to eat that. And what, and what you said before about diets, I mean, people always go on these these diets and the diet word in and of itself, what it means to most people is like a temporary period of time. Totally, yeah. yeah. Restriction, a temporary period of time yeah. where you, when you eat differently, then yeah. you go back eating the same again as before the holiday exactly. or before the wedding or yeah. something like exactly. that, right? Yeah. Um, but then when you're saying you both were on the same diet and you had like different elements in terms of weight loss that's really interesting because people do look at people on instagram or social media and be like well that it worked for that person it's going to work for me and it's like a real general statement and personalized nutrition is is key yeah and i credit you both because what you're doing is like dispelling the myth through science and Mm -hmm. through speaking to these professors and scientists yeah yeah trying trying Um, (laughs) and i think as well like there is a lot of it there was an amazing article uh, which we, you can put this from the Fast Company about inequality in terms of like social inequality and the microbiome. Mm-hmm. And honestly, what some people feed their dogs on Instagram wouldn't feed a family of four of a from a poor family. And 
and it's like, oh, I've given my dog this, this, and this, and you're like, there's not people don't have access to jaggery and whatever else you're putting in your food. Like I think that there is a space for that, and that's great. But a lot of people are out of touch with what happens in the rest of the UK, mm-hmm. and London is an echo chamber, and the wellness world is the also wellness an echo, world echo chamber. Yes, absolutely. Like grotesque in some ways a lot of the time and it's infuriates us <laughs> that people hold the, everyone to such high standards uh, both like financially and in terms of like asp- like an, asp- an aspirational way like I think we all have to be inspirational instead of aspirational um, you don't need Buddha bowls to eat healthily <laughs> or well yeah. although um, they are tasty but they're great <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> but yeah rant over on that one. but yeah Okay, good. And then it brings you to starting the gut stuff. Yeah. So what is your aim of like starting the gut stuff? You, you mentioned about just speaking about it and sharing information. Yeah. So, I mean, as a sort of elevator pitch strap line, um, it is to empower gut health in everyone. Um, and also, so gut health is something that nobody talks about. Very counterintuitive when you think about it like that. And it's a contradiction. But... If we no one talks about brushing their teeth, for example, because mm-hmm. it's so intrinsic, and that's what we knows, want gut health to be for people. So so habitual, and um, as instincts, and everyone has the knowledge and the facts that we won't need to talk about it because we'll just you know take it as part of our everyday. And I guess so lastly, bridging the gap between um, the NHS and a very expensive nutritionist. Um, what can we yeah. do to bridge that gap and democratize? Um, nutrition and, and diet and dieting or diets I'm kind of using that word yeah. um, for everyone because it's a very complex science as you know and a lot of people within the industry argue with each other without realising they're knowing that actually it's confusing everyone even mm-hmm. more um, and I think not coming from the industry some people will see it as a downfall because we're not necessarily experts in the area but equally we come at it from an objective point of view and we are the everyman like everyone else um and we have a team of amazing people around us that tell us what's what (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and hopefully we convey that in a way that people can understand and feel like it's for them Mm -hmm. and something that we've been really toying with recently is obviously a lot of people that follow us come to us because because they have a digestive issue so ibd crohn's colitis um which are on the rise as well yeah um and we want to definitely cater to those people but we but our main aim and objective is for gut health in general for every for everyone because it isn't just digestive issues it's you know it's linked to mental health arthritis parkinson's um all this new research coming out so everyone should be starting to think about their gut health and most importantly um people thinking about you know the younger generation think about it as a preventative um for diseases in, in the future is something that we're we're really passionate about as well yeah fantastic and just to echo what you're saying Lisa like you are coming at it from a unique perspective because normally it's like either nutritionists talking about it or people which don't liaise with scientists mm-hmm. yeah and you're exactly. a person you're lay people but you're speaking to scientists yeah. and you, you I know you read systematic reviews and you post them online and things yeah. like that so yeah oh yeah, we have bedtime reading, reading yeah our, bedtime yeah, reading. yeah. Our, right. our team gives like gives us bedtime reading with, for, with all the new studies that are coming out <laughs> we've got about um, 
10-ish PhD students now um, that feeds the latest science into us. Because obviously oh, with all the reviews, with mm-hmm. all been coming out, so we have on and I get a bedtime reading package. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I get as far as like all the saccharides, I'm like, guys, I switched off. I don't know. <laughs> Someone <laughs> call me. Give me a WhatsApp note. I, go, I don't understand. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we start, and that's pretty cool because they are obviously at the forefront of the science. And it is um, good because I think they feed the information to us and then we sort of put it in our own words out and that people will understand. Um, so we're the, the sort of middleman, I guess, women. Yeah. Women. I mean, that's science communication. That's something which I'm hugely passionate about. Yeah. Just taking the really complex stuff and making yeah. it understandable for people that aren't scientists. Because yeah. that's gra- that gap, sorry, really hasn't really been bridged. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's why like, I always use the same example. I remember reading in the newspaper, like, butter causes heart attacks. And then like the next week, butter is back on the menu. Totally. And I'm like... Oh. What is going on? And then if you read that science behind those headlines, it doesn't say that at all. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think it's it's about... It's about giving people two sides of the coin. So we never say this is right and this is wrong. Like, there's There's a few points that we can get onto later that we're pretty much agreed on. Mm-hmm. But things like raw milk or not raw milk, we yeah. will put both sides of the argument up on social media or on the website and people can empower themselves to make the decision themselves. Yeah, that's and also, the word, right? Empower. Yeah. Yeah. People think science is black and white and it's so nuanced as well. Like yeah. Even the studies you're like having to explain... Well, it was done in mice, and the conclu—it's not wasn't hugely conclusive. So, and it's like because behaviorally we're all looking for answers. That's what we want, and actually we spend our whole time going kind of. And people say, "What do you mean, like my beer belly?" You talk about gut, or what do you mean, like yakle? And you're like, sort of, kind of. Like I think there's like so even conversationally, it's so so nuanced. I think with the science, everyone needs to be pretty honest about where it's at and we're scratching the surface and Still a long people way accept that. Yeah. Like we don't have to patronise people into, into stuff. It's like, look, here's what we think now. It might be different next week. We'll keep you posted. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Rather than being like disingenuous and be yeah. like, this is this is one yeah. way and it's the only way yeah. to be healthy. Yeah. Which I think there's a lot of that in the nutri- nutrition world. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And same with why Hashtag all these diets veganism. exist. Hashtag <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> <Like> veganism. <laughs> no, well, yeah, we'll see. I think is what well, the whole vegan thing we get asked about a lot. Um, yeah, oh, well, I couldn't we can maybe get on to that. But <laughs> well, we can now. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it, do you know what? After Game Changers on Netflix, uh, yeah. our events were swamped with people asking about it. And, you know... If it start, sparks a conversation, yeah. great. Look, there's uh, very few papers on meat and gut health and the microbiome at the minute. People, A lot of people that we... Most people in our community, I would say, are vegan through ethical choices rather than through health choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, 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 like, it's, we ask a scientist, can you do something like this? Or we ask dietitians, like, what do you think? And I think, look, if people are swapping in more veg into their diet, so they've got plant-based diversity, which we'll talk about, um, then brilliant. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I mean, Game Changers, I think, was made by someone that owns a plant-based food company. Yeah, um, it was a pea protein company. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so We're yeah, not vegan. 
<laughs> we're not. Okay. We like cheese too but much. Yeah, I like cheese too much. Yeah. Which has a positive effect on the microbiome. Totally. <laughs> cheese, yeah, yeah, exactly. Rock Best thing in my life, and I found that out. Best thing <laughs> yeah. in my life. Fact. That yeah. red wine and coffee, I was like, I like this gut health thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason we started the gut stuff. <laughs> but I, th- I think you're so right with the, with the vegan thing. There isn't that many studies on it, especially in the context of like a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. There'll be a study like, oh, if you eat meat, this will happen to your gut or you'll start producing these compounds in your blood, but it's with someone that isn't that healthy to begin with. Absolutely. So you don't really, you can't really tell what happens to the the rest of the population. Or maybe someone who eats like a plant-focused diet that has meat on a daily basis even might not have a negative effect at all. Even might be beneficial, but the studies aren't out yet. Yeah, and even like, you know, we did um the last test we did we did at king's we were hooked up like the matrix blood glucose levels and all that sort of thing and we spiked at different meats and different so even yeah. identical twins with 100 percent the same dna were reacting differently to meat so I guess yeah it's like it's with so all these things like if it's because a lot of uh, going on a restrictive diet like that can cause a lot of people stress which has mm-hmm. affected your microbiome and similar to fasting like i can't fast because my blood glucose, my blood sugar levels are naturally very very low, um, so I get hangry very very quickly. But and it's kind of a similar thing. Like, and I don't know, people might disagree with this, but it's like if you try it and it makes you feel better, go for gold. Mm. Uh, same with veganism or vegetarianism. Like, if you're not doing it for ethical reasons, if you feel better, then great. But there isn't a lot of science behind why you should be doing it over anything else at the minute. The thing is with gut health, what I love about it, um, when we talk about gut health, it's not a specific diet, it's not, you know, following a specific routine or lifestyle or nutrition. It's about adding things in mm-hmm. and making simple swaps. And I think that, for me, is the beauty of it, of of starting to look after your gut health. You don't need to completely overhaul your life and go on stupid detox nonsense I was about stuff. to say, there's bigger hills to um, climb, and yeah, detox is one of them. Just, I mean, detoxes, behave yourself, everyone. You should be <laughs> eradicated from the earth. Um, but... What I love about looking after your gut is that it's about adding stuff in yeah. um, and upping what we're already having and like things like fiber, um, you know, just having more of it. And yeah, it's easy and it's simple and we can all do it today. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. Like, I don't like demonizing food, but if, if you make it habitual, like brushing your teeth, someone might pick up an apple instead of a bag of crisps or something. Totally. Yeah. Right? And we all know fruit's healthy for you, but if people are like thinking, oh, well, my gut, because that is something which maybe they can feel more, yeah. they have good digestive health, and they'll start thinking that way. Yeah. Totally. And, also, you know, 20% of the time, you might go for that bag of crisps, especially yeah. if you're hungover. Yeah. Grab those kettle chips. Salt, um, salt yeah. vinegar squares for days. And I think that's a lot of... I think one of the reasons as well, I think the gut stuff has resonated because... Lisa and I aren't angels. I mean, we're DJs. Um, we would still go for McDonald's at three in the morning every so often but I think, um, but I, think <laughs> we, I think that's what makes it accessible is that we aren't you know standing on our heads drinking green smoothies every day um, and also I think the approach of if you can arm someone with a fact based on that so instead of just saying the really binary things of have this or don't have that that's a really binary conversation to have yeah. if you go look actually ultra processed foods stifles your good bacteria it can mess around with your best garden pal that lives in your gut. You can make a choice whether you have those crisps or not, but if you know that fact, you might make a better one, you might not, but you know that now. 
And I think instead of, here's what you can have, here's what you can have, good food, bad foods, uh, it just, yeah, it treats people like five-year-olds and just give them the facts and let them make decisions for themselves. Because they, yeah. they, t- they choose the apple and they've got more fibre and they feel better, they'll choose the apple next time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, bit Adam so and Eve-esque, really. <laughs> on the apple maybe four I grams of fiber fruit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's the opposite have the apple yeah. it turns out millions of bacteria on the skin of the apple indeed only realized from your post yeah. the other day oh yeah yeah, yeah. well done guys. I thought that was only, so interesting only four yeah. grams of fiber though um, so you've got a lot of apples but mm-hmm. I mean why not go for mm. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we talked about, talk about why people should be interested in gut health, but why is gut health important? Is it something that people can feel on a daily basis? I mean, you said it's linked to all these kind of conditions, but how do you know if you've got good gut health? Yeah, well, I, just personally, um, well, 70% of your immune system is housed in your gut. I think it's 60 now. Yeah, 60 to 70. It, it does changes. change. Um, and I know that since I've been looking after my gut health, which has been about three or four years now, I, I haven't been ill. Um, so there's like a tangible tip, per, a personal, yeah, completely anecdotal. Um, it could just be that I don't know when I came into my thirties, I became <laughs> really well. Immune I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've I think, done so much um, in my twenties that my, my immune system. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like with anything, like we want it to have a really functional benefit. And you're like, I want to know that my skin is better and this is better. Yeah, whatever. But some people want to see tangible results immediately. You might not. When we were going through the studies. It was about two weeks we miss after since we saw a drastic change in their diversity, um, which means lots of different because at the minute we don't know what a good gut looks like. You can yes. feel what a good gut might look like, um, but for the minute we think that it's um, a diverse uh, microbiome, so lots of different types of bacteria on there. Um, yeah, and I guess it's like people kind of when you tune in. That's why we say about gut diaries and stuff. You might see a really steep growth and feel great or you might just kind of not feel anything but you never know what is doing what positive effect it's having five ten years down the line um but so i think yeah. the, the gut brain axis is a really exciting field of research um so the links between gut health and mental health mm-hmm. still very new though so we have to be really careful and um, a lot of the studies have been done on mice so you know until we've done more on humans but you know, I think that is a good example of, you know, how much, you know, 90% of serotonin is produced in your gut, which is your happy hormone. Um, so if you're starting to look after your gut health, it could have an effect. I don't agree with all this, like, good mood. What's it? Good food, mood and all this. Good mood, good food, food and all that. Um, I think we're still a bit far off of labelling foods to help your mood. Um, but it's a really exciting field of research. And I think that's something where people will start to feel more tangible results as the science um, you know, we delve deeper into this. We went to go and see. Have you read the um, Psychobiotic Revolution? John no. Pryne's book. Oh, we yeah, went to go and visit him in Cork a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, Ted Dinan and John Cryan are like the leading guys in the gut brain access. And we were like, we spent a day there in all their labs. And literally, our mouths were like gaping open for the full 24 hours. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. yeah, just incredible. So there's more to come on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is coming out soon. Give mm-hmm. us a sneak Hopefully. peek rather than just saying it's absolutely amazing. Well, what, they, what's, they're, what's just, they're doing, they've got, they're just, they've got such a big research facility with like 200 staff and the studies that they're doing 
on the gut brain axis are huge they're they're ongoing though so we don't know any results yet but i think this they say if you're coming out in june and one in june and one yeah. in september mm-hmm. um so we'll be the first to like you know we, they won't even tell us what the, what's looking yeah. like because they can't say anything until it's yeah. concluded um but they're yeah it's it's looking like based on stress amazing yeah yeah based okay. on stress in the gut yeah so yeah, we'll keep posting because mm-hmm. <laughs> we need them uh, well we don't know either yet <laughs> we just got excited yeah <laughs> but th- there's even a lot of nutritionists now and psychologists. I remember speaking to Kimberly Wilson. Oh, she, queen. what a legend. She, she is amazing. I remember the first time I met her, actually, was when you took over Old Street Station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was like my introduction. Yeah, yeah. And then she I had her on the is podcast, a queen. Yeah, so yeah. How much? Do, uh, she's the best. She's brilliant. Mm-hmm. She's brilliant. But th- there are clinicians like this kind of leveraging nutritional protocols in order to hopefully make a benefit on your mental health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even just... There's things like if you're deficient in certain B vitamins, it can have an, an yeah. impact on your mental health. And this is documented. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can imagine why the things in your gut would have a, a beneficial effect as yeah. well, Absolutely. or a negative one. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that the reason why people are leveraging it, like when we, uh, we partnered with Anxiety UK for everything that we talk about on the gut-brain axis, because mm-hmm. we know that we have to um, talk to like clinicians in that space, uh, to make sure, because nutrition is one aspect of that conversation. Mental health is multifactorial. We all know that nutrition is one aspect. But it's an aspect that we are, with certain limitations, obviously financial uh, and social economic status, whatever being one of them, but we are generally in control of what we put in our bodies and into our mouths. And that is something that, for everyone else, and clinicians is quite an empowering, I mean, empowering mm. thing, that actually here's something else that might help as well. Yeah. Uh, alongside, I don't know, CBT or, or whatever. That's CBT, not CBD, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> not CBD oil. CBT. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm kind of thinking that empowering element because quite a lot of the time people are thinking I need to go to their doctor and you're saying that they should as yeah. well, but knowing that they can do something themselves at home I think is hugely empowering and it puts the ball in their court some of the time as well. And that's the same with diet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that we, yeah, yeah, it's, I think as well, like a lot of the time, obviously GPs don't have to have even an hour of nutrition. So mm-hmm. there, there is a gap, that gap in their knowledge. Um, and at the minute, there isn't any way to fill that that isn't expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, or confusing. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're focusing a lot of our energies this year with the gut stuff. Fantastic. So what do you guys do on like a daily basis to maintain good gut health? Because I've seen you run around like Duracell bunnies. Yeah, I mean, we have got a lot of energy naturally. Okay. Um, We try to move. I mean, that's one thing. And we have with our team as well. We're like, look, if you need to go for a run in lunchtime, if you want to go and do yoga, Mm -hmm. please get outside and do that. We don't get outside enough. I was at something recently they said uh, it was Madeline Shaw actually we were speaking at, with her at an event last week and she said that we spend 90% of our time inside um, in the UK down. and sitting sedentary and obviously that's got an influence on our vitamin D levels um, but also the bacteria that we're exposed to um, or not as the case may be mm. we're in quite clinical environments I think as well so like I look at my TFL map or city map and I'm like could I walk that 
Could I walk? Yeah, I can walk that. Yeah. Um, saving me my TFL £3.90 or whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm getting out and I'm walking. So we do try and walk as much as we can and we exercise. Also eat a lot of fibre. Yeah. <laughs> we love fibre. <laughs> and a lot of fibre. Um, yeah, because yeah. uh, you're meant to have 30 grams of fibre a day, which is actually a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the average person in the UK and the US only has 15. Um, so we're not getting enough fibre. And I think what really clicked with us is that we all know that fibre makes you go. Can you think of like all brand prune juice and Bulks your, your grandparents? But now we know that fibre actually feeds the good bacteria. Mm-hmm. So there's another reason why we should be having more fibre. And lots of so different types of dietary fibre as we know that there's, uh, I think, four different types um, that we know of. Um, and lots of different fruit and veg have different uh, type so there's that we also do have quite a lot of ferments in the office um as you can imagine we get sent quite a lot of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite a lot of them and also mike our new head of product wasn't really didn't do fermentation and now has a full fermentation station at home he's got pipes he's like going for gold yeah um, <laughs> so whoever like someone will always try and bring in something that they're doing from home and yeah we we have after work drinks on a Friday. It's not like we're all coming here like, hi, I've made this turmeric sauerkraut. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. It's not like that at all. We um, have pints on a Friday. Well, and we whatever all day. eat together uh, for lunch so we can chat and um, but eat it, mindfully. With simple swaps as well. Like I swap now. I have sourdough. If I'm going to have bread, I'll have sourdough. It's fermented. Um, things like kefir instead of just normal yogurt. And it's just... Yeah, it's literally been simple swaps. We haven't completely overhauled our lives. Mm. Um, and tuning in, like, I think we never really tuned into our bodies before the studies, unless we were hungover or were ill. And um, it's about thinking as well, for me, well, for both of us, I think, of thinking of it, our bodies as all one, rather than, I've got a sore arm, I'll fix that. I've yeah. got a sore head, I'll fix that. Holistic, and think, yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah, I know, but holistics just sounds a bit woo-woo, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, know I, I mean, use it. I'm trying ugh, to find another word. Like that now. word. Prioritising <laughs> sleep. I think we were, when I was saying earlier, we were that week on Old Street. So we were in Old Street 7 till 7, and then we were doing the Love Island tour at the time. So we had four dates, and we were getting on flights or trains and going on stage at 1am and getting back to Old Street for 7. And our we went to like a got a health retreat after that and the team were like please leave uh, firstly us alone and secondly you, you need to sleep uh, and our cortisol levels must have been through the roof our white blood cells and platelets had shrunk uh, like had um, depleted and had grown in size to make up for the fact that there wasn't that many uh, and the doctor there was like when did you last have a day off and we scrolled through our phones and it was five months before that, like not even half a day, it'd been five months. And I was like, okay, something needs to something needs to stop. Give, um, so now we are trying to retire from DJing and <laughs> I go to my bed at half nine every night. Is that public knowledge now? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're semi-retired. Semi-retired. <laughs> uh, we d- yeah, we just, yeah, we've like just been a bit just... sort of doing two a month. Um, yeah. and, and picking the ones that we want to do really, which is obviously a really privileged position to be in and never thought we'd be there but yeah the gut stuff is something what we're, pa- what we're passionate about um and that's what gets us up in the morning really after our nice early nights <laughs> <laughs> so yeah prioritizing sleep because actually anecdotally for me uh, my stomach goes absolutely haywire when i'm stressed and haven't slept like on holiday even though you're eating maybe potentially richer foods or foods that you haven't had before and never have um any problems because i'm chilled unless Alana is not on holiday with me in the show and at me for not working so that's <laughs> <laughs> very much a double-edged sword when either of us goes on holiday <laughs> 
Mm. Although you can't see this at home, but Alana just smirked when she <laughs> said that. So She's a wet <laughs> Lisa loves a holiday. <laughs> I do not. I work every time I'm on holiday as well. So desist. <laughs> so, okay, so... When you when you were DJing the whole time, you didn't get a day off for five months. How do you maintain good gut health during that time? Because some people are like, go, go, go. And they're like, I don't really have time to prep. Yeah. Or it was, it, again, simple swaps, you know, swapping those diet cokes for some kombuchas and mm. just making sure we were, even if we weren't eating at necessarily the same time every day, when we were having a meal, it being as l- less processed, so literally, what would the word be? Um, least as little, pros- as yeah. little least process yeah. as we possibly could find, and yeah. also trying to keep a routine within the sleep clock, the weird hours that we were working in. I think, mm. like, yeah, allowing ourselves to sleep in until ten, for example, if we could. Um, so it was three in the morning until ten. But then when you come off stage, you're like buzzing, buzzing for like yeah. an hour. To be so fair, it was, we, yeah, we and didn't do it well. Like, That's the God's honest truth. Yeah, we probably no, we didn't, didn't do it, do it well. well enough. Um, and I think that's why we've had to say no and cut back because it was not wasn't good for us and it wasn't good for our. I think health. as well, like knowing your limitations, like because we naturally have a lot of energy, we just kept burning and going and going and going and going, and because we were so excited about what was going on with the gut stuff, and yeah, it was like a really exciting time, which it still is. But now we've just got a bit of a more measured approach to it. I think yeah. we're too old, Lisa. We're too old. we're not we're only 31 we're only 31 well I think it's an important lesson as well just to know like your limits because people often just burn themselves out and we know stress is bad for your gut anyway yeah Yeah. so just acknowledging that you need to take a step back is like hugely important definitely and success doesn't mean I think when we think we're busy it means we're successful it's like a badge Mm. of honour like um, yeah I'm so busy I think we have to be careful of that um, and especially when we are always switched on with phones and um, iPads and laptops and the rest of it, I think it is important to have time for you because then you're no use to anyone if yeah. you're. Yeah, we burnt got to out. the point where we just weren't doing anything well. Like it was. And not and enjoying that, any that of it. And it's like, what's the point? Well being aspect of life is it doesn't have to be Gwyneth Paltrow and Gong vaginal candles, whatever it is she bought out this year. But I think people have this perception that health is just not being ill and well-being is this like woo-woo thing. Gong um, baths. Gong baths and stuff. But gong baths are... I quite like a gong bath. Yeah, oh, I yeah. sort of can. I'm not very good at being I don't even still. know what a gong bath is. So. It, it's quite... We actually have... Some it's like a meditation. Yeah. Like flotation, flotation tanks and stuff. Yeah. That's like my worst nightmare. Oh, I love some, but I'm like... I lie in them and regret every decision I've ever made in my whole life. Like I think it's well, like when people, the majority, well, a lot, it's getting a lot better now. But before, yoga was seen as sort of this like hippy dippy, hum. Um, but actually, for me, I really I love hot yoga. I do I practice it a lot. But a lot of the time for me, it's the exercise element. But it's also not being on my phone for that hour is really important. And like counting reps and stuff, like for me and when I'm doing hip classes, it's quite meditative because you're like, oh my goodness, yeah. get me through it. Eight, six, five, five. Like mm-hmm. I think I find that quite meditative. It's very much an action. It doesn't have to be something that's passive. Um, and people always say yeah. to us, like, what do you do to unwind and self-care and all that? I'm like, go to the pub with my pals, genuinely. Because yeah. yeah. it's the one and only time that I feel like I could 100% be myself and I'm totally relaxed. And someone said to me, and the reason we got to that question was something was like, what, um, what's the thing that makes time pass and you don't notice? 
um, and we were both like work except work um, and it was being with our pals like I never look at my phone I just yeah I mean, it gets to like four in the morning and I'm like I should go home guys <laughs> too much pure too Scottish much banter yeah um, are you saying all your friends yeah. are Scottish the majority are <laughs> yeah unfortunately we have a lot of other pals but yeah, we've got a bit of a yeah the core, the core team are Scottish <laughs> yeah it's because our pals are our pals since we were young so yeah. we've never we, obviously we've made new pals we're not exclusive in that way um but yeah and none of our pals are in this industry none of our pals are in the entertainment industry like our close pals yeah and i think that has been super important for us in life Mm -hmm. um, because they don't care (laughs) what we're doing they only care that we're happy and that should be what it is yeah um, what it should be. <laughs> so yeah, go to the this top is of your pals. This is a whole have new a, podcast. Have a, have a re- yeah, exactly. I can't have remember a, what the original. Yeah, exactly. Was. What are we talking it's about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gut, yeah. I can bring it back though, guys. Um, red wine, okay. High in polyphenols, good for your gut. So if you are going to the pub with your pals, obviously not in excess. Or Guinness, that's no. got high in polyphenols. Yeah, well, yeah, right? yeah. Well, love from, a Guinness. Such yeah. a fan. The best Guinness it's I ever like had was after running the marathon, and I've never tasted anything as glorious as that pint of Guinness. In terms of sports nutrition, probably wouldn't recommend it. No. In terms no, of no. pure enjoyment, <laughs> yeah. yeah. highly Go, recommend minerals, it. Got minerals in there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually found, we, uh, we were meeting our friend Shelley on a Monday night and she was like, there's an app that you can get a free pint of Guinness in a lot of London pubs on. And I was like, hmm. And so I googled seven positive aspects of Guinness and just like sent it to her. I was like, absolutely, we need to <laughs> Guinness today. It's a school night, but who yeah, cares? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Right, guys. I'm, I know we're short on time, so mm-hmm. I want to bring this all to a close. I've got three yeah. more questions for you. Yeah. Brilliant. What is the number one health change that you've made in your entire life, and why? Excellent oh, good question. question. We've never had that question before. Um, well, that is good. Yeah, up in my fiber, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, just I think you know before there's all these sort of fads like the Atkins diet, low carb diet, and I think they've had a really bad effect on a lot of people and especially our guts and generally just up my fibre. Mine's is my veg box. I'm such a fan. Like, I get so excited for a Wednesday for that to turn up on my doorstep. So I get like a local veg box. Obviously, there's other brands out there. Um, <laughs> and I've learned so much about different types of veg. I've become so experimental with my cooking. And it's a, such a good conversation point. My friends are all like, Lisa... Where'd you get your veg box this week? Like, obviously, they're taking the nobody the Michael, actually cares. I, nobody cares, <laughs> but I am more than willing to have the conversation. So, yeah, my veg. Can box. I change mine? Yeah. Um, hot yoga. Um, yeah, hot yoga. Because I've had arthritis since we were seven. That was like one of the studies that you, when we were going through the studies, they didn't couldn't realise why I had juvenile chronic actually arthritis. It's a, ta- a chapter in Tim's book. The yeah, diet the diet myth. It's about actually on arthritis. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I took it myself off all my medication when I was 16, found hot yoga when I was 21, and have never went back on any. Do not encourage Amazing. people to come off any medication. No, don't, but it just helped me. GP. It helped me. I love it. It's good for my mind and my body and my soul. Veg and yoga. Okay. Holistic. We're talking about holistic. The word I didn't want to use. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly what it's bagging into. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Second one is that how do you think more of a focus on gut health could be more integrated in our healthcare system? And I answer I ask this question in various different ways to different people. But what do you think? So we uh, we can't talk about it yet, but we're working on that. Um, <laughs> and I think there is, I think the main thing is making the information accessible. Mm. And how you do that is that through yeah. GPs, is that through 
pop culture avenues yeah. is that through podcasts podcasts <laughs> it's through podcasts i think you have to talk about gut health in places where people would not expect you to talk about gut health yeah mm. we went on the uh, builder sites at balfour Beatty and spoke to their builders about gut health on we tool also go- toolbox talks and um, um it was amazing yeah and awesome, i think were they receptive to totally that? yeah one guy was like, yeah, my, my wife gets sticky tummy when she eats garlic, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and we, we actually have a new like corporate wellness strand to the business. And it sounds again like a wanky thing, but you're reaching audiences for people that wouldn't, the people that come to our events have a bit of knowledge or they're curious. And I think it's important for us as a business to reach people that don't care. <laughs> and then Yet. do care, which yeah. is the great. Yeah, and it, honestly, you can see the light bulbs, the light bulbs. When yeah, and it's the best feeling. Awesome. Yeah, we get up. That's what gets us up in the morning, isn't yeah. it? And we do. We've been going into quite a lot of schools and universities and things like that. So starting to do to educate people from a younger age um, is something that we're looking to do more in twenty twenty. Yeah, fantastic. That that is the the one major thing that I enjoy is that working with people. Yeah, yeah. you can actually see the effect that it's having on them just right then and there. When you said like the light bulbs go on, yeah, it's like the best feeling totally. in the world, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's that it comes back to that empowering piece, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're doing when that light bulb gets switched on is that you're encouraging people to change behaviours, which is yeah, powerful. Grassroots forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Last question, which I ask absolutely everyone that comes on the show. Could you give the listeners, I know you've given a lot already, but three quick tips to help improve the health and well-being from today? Excellent question. <laughs> Gut diaries. So that doesn't have to, we're not saying that you have to buy ours. Um, but it is laid out quite nicely and there's even some poos you can circle on in the diaries. Uh, but I think tuning in to what's going on is really important. We don't do it unless we're not well or we're hungover. Yeah. And noting that down feels silly at first, potentially, um, but it's really important because if you go to your GP or even a dietitian with a digestive issue or complaint, they will send you away to do a food diary. And yeah, have it there ready and waiting for them, I would say. And break the poo taboo. Like we should all be talking about poo. I love talking about poos. I love toilet chat. <laughs> um, that is linked into that one. Second one would be just realizing that everyone's different. So, um, what you do makes you feel better or healthier or the best version of you isn't going to be the same as your best friend. Mm. So, it's recognizing that, I think, and not just looking at Instagram and seeing it as gospel and, and you know, look around and, and get lots of different opinions and make come to the decision yourself because um and also realizing that the science is still super new um and it's exciting that it's still new because we are just scratching the surface but also keeping that like the critical thinking piece i think is huge so number two think critically (laughs) Uh, and number three would be i think like the power is in you so you don't have to um, rely on someone else to tell you what to do with your body. Of course, if you have any sort of issue, trust See your, your GP, GP uh, and experts. But mm-hmm. if you're swimming around the internet, um, it's like that ties quite into th- critical thinking. Like if it's if, if it's claiming to be a magic bullet, if it's a product or thing, and if it's a person claiming to know everything about the microbiome or gut health, run away. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one does. Because nobody does yet. <laughs> And there isn't a magic bullet. If there was, someone would be really rich. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 
that's it. Like the power is within you to find out what's good for your body. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm delighted to finally speak with you. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but before you go, can you tell everyone where they can find you and what exciting projects you have coming up? Yeah. Um, it's www.thegutstuff.com. We have... Yeah, do people still say www.anymore? No, probably not. Gutstuff.com. <laughs> I don't even think it's not <laughs> 1990. <laughs> uh, we're just at the gut stuff on yeah. pretty much everything. Um, we have a... When will this go out? We have a food snacking range coming out. Um, <laughs> or has come out, depending on when this podcast yeah, has been Yeah, released. exactly. <laughs> it, we do take quite a while to edit, so it might have been out for a year. Um, by the time we <laughs> managed to squeeze all of our ranting into one thing. <laughs> uh, we're doing a tour of the UK... Um, with a bus with a bus um, that starts a pink bus <laughs> just potentially I mean, oh, <laughs> it's definitely going to have some pink on it <laughs> uh, we've got yeah there's eight of us now on the team so there's going to be a lot happening quickly in 2020 it's really exciting so yeah and of course we're going to keep building the website out so that it's a good hub we've got loads of new experts on the team um, to, to make some amazing content. Well, Lisa, Alana, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and I do hope we can speak again soon. For sure. Thank you for listening to the Functional Health Podcast. You can find links to everything that we talked about today in the show notes. If you have a second, please consider leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does make a huge difference and helps get this valuable information out and reach more people. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date and know whenever I release a new episode. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook or our website and all questions are welcome. As always, thanks to Joss Aurelia for the editing and Alan Harper for his support.